Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Kratom Guy Show. I'm your host, Mike Overstreet, the Boston Kratom Guy. Welcome back, episode number 16. Yes, indeed, back for another one. I've got so much to get through with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. If you're new, thank you for, for checking out the show. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much as well. So excited to be back. You know, this is one of the best parts of my day is actually getting to make this show and talk to all you guys. So thank you so much again. Really love you guys. Just you guys listening to the show is uh, is great support. Got such a good show for you today. We got Melody Wolf. If you guys aren't following Melody on social media, you really should be. She is advocating the hell out of Kratom because she devotes it to saving her life. It means having a family to me. It was pretty dismal here for those years when I was bedridden with three little kids. It means that I get to create memories with my kids that we didn't have before. Because I don't have any pictures of me with them growing up. There, there aren't any. So it means being able to connect with them and to go to their activities, just to create memories with them. So it means having a family to me. Next show, we're joined again by Brian Gallagher of Kratom Science. We were under the impression that the DEA had this recommendation and it's only by their good graces that they weren't scheduling Kratom. But it was because that recommendation was rescinded. And that's where we sit now, I think. Rachel Levine is the new head assistant health secretary where Gerard was. She was appointed by Biden. She was from Pennsylvania, and she was considered a cannabis advocate in Pennsylvania, which I hope that is a good sign. And she's a reason I'm, I can have a medical cannabis card legally because she extended conditions by which you could legally have a medical card. I hope that means they will continue this policy of not recommending a ban to the DEA because it's. All right, guys, I'm not going to bury the lead here. We got so much to get through. I got a business and personal update, really big things going on. Eli was born, our baby boy, Eli, February 24th at 7.17 p.m. Baby Eli was born. So that's just been incredible. I had to take a couple months off to uh, to help with Eli. And it's been, wow, he's been a lot of work. So I'll get into uh, telling you all guys about Eli. And we had a major car accident in the end of April. Eli was in the car. Helen was in the car. We're recovering. No broken bones or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, um, pretty banged up. But uh, we got T-boned and pushed head on into a utility pole. So it was it was pretty bad. Total our car. So we got a new car that we're leasing. But we're recovering. We're We're okay. Big thanks to everybody for writing in and texting, emailing, calling, getting in touch, especially Douglas, Martin, and Christina. I actually ended up talking with Christina for like an hour, and she's from uh, California, I believe in her 50s, and has been on some opiate medication for a while that she doesn't want to be on anymore. So I actually spent an hour with her and recorded it about how exactly... I have transitioned from opiates to kratom and medical cannabis and how I went about going to do that as well as what other people have told me that they have done. So I'm not sure when I'm going to re- release that, but you know, that's something that a lot of people have been asking for. 
So I got that. But big thanks to to everybody, everybody that's been writing in. And it's just so incredible to me. You know, if if you don't know, I, I started this show just as a way to update my text list for selling Kratom. And all of that has, has changed. We now signed on our second sponsor. Our new sponsor, Organa, has been great. I'm going to tell you all about the next show. Like I said, we got Melody on the show later on. She's going to end the show. If you'd like to skip to her interview right now, feel free. The timeline is in the description, but I hope you stick around. We got... I'm going to tell you very important updates that we have as far as Mass Herbal and Mass Herbal Market, uh, how it's been with Eli and other you know personal business stuff we got going on. And I got a lot to get through for Kratom News and Current Events. We got four different KCPA, Kratom Consumer Protection Acts, that are in different stages that I'll get into. Connecticut, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Missouri, a new Massachusetts hemp bill that would be able to use agriculture land, federal agriculture land to grow hemp. A story about MDMA from the New York Times, positive story, MDMA ther- therapy. We got a Kratom alert coming out of North Reading, Massachusetts, that they have advised stores to, they requested stores to take it off their shelves. Decriminalization efforts in Massachusetts, Somerville, Cambridge, Northampton, that have already gone through and are addressing the police and city officials and enforcement to deprioritize the enforcement of entheogens plants, psychedelics, as well as decriminalizing all drugs. But it is not a decriminalization bill. It's a deprioritization memorandum. And we got the major stories to lead out with are the FDA's most recent Kratom seizure in Florida. They took over a million dollars of Kratom just because they said it was a dietary supplement. So we're going to talk about the implications of that, as well as Mississippi had a raid on a convenience store, which is just ridiculous. But the next show with Brian Gallagher, we he wrote an article, FDA-induced panic uh, about another Kratom-induced seizure. And we're going to get, we get into very fine detail about what's going on with the FDA, what's going on with the seizure and the U.S. US Marshals, the letter from then-acting head of HHS, Brett Greer, Dr. Brett Greer, who at the time when the ban was attempted to go through that he wrote and said that they're not considering overall public health if they're trying to ban Kratom, that it is helping people. So getting the fine detail with him in the next one. But uh, yeah, we're going to get into that seizure in Florida. And I didn't cover it, but the main company, I believe it's called MS, that got raided and had their their kratom seeds they're actually suing the doj so there's a lawsuit going on with that as well like i said we got the melody wolf if you, if you guys want to learn anything about advocating melody was once bedridden could only get around with a wheelchair or a walker and she really devotes to a, a healthier lifestyle and kratom to help her get up and around and she's she's biking now i think she's been rock climbing and was dancing at her at her daughter at her daughter's wedding so just truly incredible story and she does so much for advocating for kratom and activism so if you ever wanted to learn how to get involved definitely check out that interview so we got all that and more coming up soon but first a message from our sponsors First sponsor is our store, Mass Herbal and MassHerbalMarket.com. And the big thing in there is we are going to be temporarily shutting down the store. With this new sponsor, it's given me the opportunity to really focus on the podcast and a few other things going on in the pipeline. 
and we're most likely going to reopen, but it's going to be completely structured different. The focus is going to be on third party vendors. And for now, we're working on affiliate deals. So you'll still be able to get the same great product, even better prices, but you'll go directly to them and apply a coupon code that way instead of the 20% being paid to Mass Herbal for selling the products as the same price as their site. I wanted to split it up so you guys will get 10% discount and then the other 10% will go to Mass Herbal. So it's really a win-win. But for now, Mass Herbal is open and it's a really great way to not only support the show, but now support multiple really great small businesses. Each are handpicked by myself and Helen to make sure they align with our quality and standards. We are carrying so many different fresh leaf products from Kratom Leaf US. Everything is grown organically in Florida. We got fresh leaves picked from the tree the day it's shipped. Kratom clippings if you want to try to grow or seed pods and American grown brush leaf. We are so excited and proud to have Candid Flavored Kratom as our first sponsor. So let me tell you guys about Candid. Uh, They are revolutionizing the Kratom industry, Kratom extracts, with their orange-flavored drink. And the reason why I say they're revolutionizing the industry is because, one... The drink just tastes great. It's uh, it's orange flavored. It comes in this little pouch. Super discreet, easy to use. It was a little sweet, but it's sweetened with stevia, which I like that. And I was able to judge how much how much I wanted. So I wanted a stronger drink. So I just used a little bit less water, put it in a water bottle, shook it up, and drank that. But I really like that if you wanted less just use more water and then you can sip it throughout the day so if you guys don't see candid orange flavored kratom at your favorite retailer make sure you tell them that you want candid flavored kratom and this would be a good time for a small disclaimer that neither myself nor any of my guests are medical professionals nothing we say should be considered medical advice and you should always seek the advice of a physician or medical professional before taking anything. Any copyrighted material is used under fair use for education or criticism. Enjoy the show! Thank you guys so much again for listening and for everyone that's been purchasing on Mass Herbal. Calling or texting our number 617-917-5242, 617-917-5242. You don't have to purchase from me. I'm happy just to talk Kratom with you. Or if you enjoy the show, shoot me a text. I love hearing from you guys. I love talking Kratom. I might not be able to answer the phone right off the bat, but I will get back to you. We got our YouTube, which I haven't really added much on, the Twitter, and our Patreon if you want to support the show. But even if you are unable to support monetarily, like, share, subscribe, what really helps with the algorithm. If you're listening on an Apple podcast, give us a review and a five star. But I had to get pretty quiet. I've been getting pretty quiet these last few months. Eli was born 626, and I might as well get into it now. I got a couple of other things that, that we're going to talk about. But when it started becoming closer to the due date, this was, I, I noted the date, March 18th is when I decided, you know, what's most important. I was still listening to a lot of YouTube. You know, it's not really taking up my, at least I didn't think it was taking up my time, but it was taking up my mental space. 
of when I was getting ready and what I was focusing on. Everything was so negative about, you know, the new vaccine that, that came out, which shouldn't really be called a vaccine because it only helps symptoms and doesn't, uh, hasn't been studied to my understanding and it hasn't been studied to stop spreading or contracting the disease, but only can slow or reduce the symptoms. But anyways, and, and this will get into what just happened on Twitter. If you've been following uh, at Kratom Guy Show, or actually, no, it's at really Mike O, my personal one. Fucking crazy. I've just felt the wrath of the chronic pain patient, the CPP and harm reduction. And oh my God, wait till you hear about this. But so... March 18th, I was like, I'm only going to be focusing on stuff that has to do with work, kratom, medical cannabis, uh, stuff that's happening, herbal-related in Massachusetts, and going to cut out everything else. So I went on a media detox, and I haven't gone back. I catch some stuff here and there on Twitter or Instagram when I'm scrolling, but no longer listening to independent journalists and uh, what they want to promote. Because right now, the biggest thing is my family. It's people say that your life changes when you have a kid and it's so unreal. It's like nothing I've ever experienced. It's the most incredible thing. And it really starts to make me think like everything is just now a little bit more important. My time is now more limited. So I really have to focus on what will be best for me and my family. So with the media de detox on March 18th, and then honestly, after he was born 626, I thought I was going to have to take a month off. But if you ever heard of a colicky baby, oh, this kid just cried and cried and cried. You know, we learned a lot. Like the bottles are very important. We got the uh, some free, the insert, Playtex inserts, and those made him so gassy, and he was just in so much pain. So even the doctors and the nurses are like, whoa, it's because a handful. But he's doing so much better now. So we're approaching month four right now. And that's how long it's been since I've done a show. And, you know, all these changes coming out with Mass Herbal, this is really going to be, I want to at least do these once a month. Because this is, it's, I find this so enjoyable. And I get to connect with so many people and help so many people that I never thought would be possible. Especially back when I was addicted to opiates. And doing all types of stupid shit in order to get them. Get the money every day to go to go get it. So the day Eli was born, that morning we went in and it's called a non-stress test. They, they strapped the, the, the cable to monitor Helen and the baby's heartbeat. So go into that, do an ultrasound. And the doctor before, we did, we did one the day before at her office, and she said, oh, it, judging by the heartbeats, everything, it looks like there might be too much water, so we need to induce. It's getting past the due date, I think. So then we go there, and we take the uh, ultrasound, and it looks like there's not enough fluid. Now, there's names for these, but I, I, don't, I don't remember what they are, so it looks like there's not enough fluid. And they're like, okay, you just, with, with this ultrasound, you bought your ticket to being admitted to the hospital. And this is going down one, one way or the other. We're going to induce you. So we go out and I think grab like a, a quick bite to eat or um, go for a walk. And she's talking to her parents. And we, they, we, were, we were told to pack up everything like he was being born. So we had everything ready with us. And... 
we go outside and she's on the phone with her mom. I had posted something on Twitter about uh, an article about how the Massachusetts hemp regulations, cannabis regulations were so strict that they were more stringent than food and how especially outdoor grows of hemp in other states, these numbers would be ridiculous. But in Massachusetts, the the microbe numbers were so small that food of the same caliber would pass when hemp wouldn't, especially outdoor hemp, when there's lots of moisture, especially at the end, end of the season. So there was an article about this, and I said something like, um, this is what happens when authoritarians want to regulate that basically gets taxed to shit and completely ruined. And somebody jumped jumped on me about it, basically turned it into some nonsense about how I was a COVID denier because of a tweet I put up a while ago, and it's paramount to uh, Trumpism or something like that. And it was in reference to... Something I, I I compared the two, and then somebody was like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that because we'll, we'll get we'll get lumped into uh, COVIDiots or something." And it was basically that the assumed, probable, and presumed cases of COVID that were allegedly being confirmed with no test done, and they were only assumed, probable, and presumed cases, but they were being presented as if they were fact, was awfully similar to kratom in quotes related deaths and if you can't see the parallels i don't know what to fucking tell you so this dude called me out and said basically stay in your lane he was like oh i he's like i'm old enough to remember it's like buddy that was a fucking month ago but so like okay so then i am in the hospital and we're waiting to see the nurses and i'm like getting ready to to reply and Helen's getting hooked up to another non-stress test. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's we're just getting admitted. The, the room just came empty. It was just clean. So we were in another room before. We we're just getting on the floor. Helen gets hooked up to the non-stress test. And then all of a sudden, what we found out later was Eli's heartbeat decelled to half of what it should be. All of a sudden, we have all these techs and nurses all swarming Helen, putting her in in different positions. They think uh, either the umbilical cord is wrapped around his neck or he's laying on it. And right in that minute, I was still half into replying to this guy that I didn't know because he said something that I didn't agree with. And, you know, and I, I basically said, fuck it, like, this doesn't matter. What matters is my wife and my unborn baby's health at this point. So I still haven't replied to that. And then most recently, I saw something in my feed. I didn't follow this person. Somebody else liked it or retweeted it. And it basically said something. The person posted that um, weed is a drug. Marijuana exceptionalism is for dorks. So I replied that cannabis is a plant and oxy is a drug. And oh my God, the shitstorm that I set off. And this was right before this weekend when I went to go see my dad to bring Eli to my dad for Eli and my first Father's Day. 
so this so okay so that i i replied to that and oh my god all these people started replying about how uh cannabis is a drug and blah, 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 and going off about how uh just because it's a plant doesn't mean make it safe and no drug is morally exempt or just fucking i never thought anything like this so then i said on my page on my Twitter, I wrote something. I'm not looking it all up now because I don't feel like going, but this is important. So then I put on my page something like that. I stumbled upon the wrong corner of CPP and harm reduction Twitter because there was also a bunch of harm reduction people on there too, where all medicinal plants are drugs and all drugs are the same as medicinal plants. And I put the, uh, the how dare you gif of that. The one girl being pulled back that's pointing to the other girls all, all pointing, uh, all pissed off. So Kendall replies and he's like, anti-kratom zealots. And this is something I've, I've said to him is anti-kratom zealots. So I was like, no, I was like pro, uh, pro-cannabis, pro-drug zealots. These people are really serial about their drugs. And that set off a whole nother shitstorm of people replying all twi- all pissed off that you know that I was going after all chronic pain patients or all harm reduction Twitter, and then there was two people that posted on their own thing um, that that Kendall was like, "Yo, did you see that?" Because they didn't tag me in it, and um, these people were calling me like the worst fucking things ever. Like the fucking douchebag, bottom feeder, um, that I'm only serving my own interest, uh, selling Kratom and a scumbag and all this shit. This is something like, honestly, I haven't, I haven't ran into on Twitter at all. I'm usually talking to people about Kratom and harm reduction and getting off of opiates and, and it was like one person said it. So everybody jumped on and I found myself constantly re-explaining that it would be absurd to say all cp and it's fucking absurd anyways because i am a chronic pain patient i just chose to go a different route with kratom and cannabis and escape from being a slave to the pharmaceutical industry i understand some people can't do that i understand some people have debilitating pain that you know kratom and cannabis isn't for everybody but i didn't say anything besides cannabis is a plant fact oxy is a drug fact not that cannabis is not a drug, not that oxy is so bad, but what I did say was another fucking shitstorm was that they're not, because creative uh, and cannabis aren't morally superior, but when it comes to a safety profile, that creative and cannabis are much safer as opioids can suppress the user's breathing and creative and cannabis have been shown not to do that. So each one shut off a little bit more of a shitstorm. So here I am on Father's Day weekend. And before I left, I'm like, fuck it. You know, I'm packing. I'm going to this. I, I, I don't care what these fucking people say. So I did re- I did peek at it and reply to a few people that actually seemed earnest. But some people, I'm like, there's no way all chronic pain patients. They're like, no, we read what you said. You, you, you. And I'm like, you know, it's pretty disingenuous to uh, to say that, um, to quote my tweet and then to not finish it, you know about about what I said about the wrong corner. It's not all chronic pain patients. So a couple of people were like, okay. Other ones like, no, no, we, we, we said it. And I was like, you can't 
you you can't tell me my intent. You can tell you you can say how you perceived it, but you can't tell me my intent. And somebody asked that I've had a good interaction with on Twitter about Kratom that wanted to learn more. I said to one of the people that was being extremely mean and said, uh, if you don't like him, why do you keep talking to him? What he said was, um, said something like, I'm not going to pull it up, but basically when somebody trolls me, I grind them as hard as I can down to a nub to expose their arrogance or get them to run away like Mike did. And yeah, you're fucking right. I ran away. I don't want anything to do with it. And imagine what of a headspace you have to be in that somebody said something that you disagree with on Twitter, some random person that I don't know why they're so it's so important what I say or why they have to convince me that cannabis is a drug or Kratom is a drug. And I'll tell you why in a second, why it can't be a drug according to the FDA and why it would be detrimental for everybody, including the research on these, on these two plants. If it was classified as a drug but imagine what the headspace you have to be in to say, somebody that I disagree with, I want to be as mean as possible to them. And I started really thinking about it. I'm like, I'm not going to reply to this. This is taking away from my Father's Day weekend, my first Father's Day weekend, and this is what I'm going to look back on? Is some fucking Twitter argument? No, so I excused myself from it. I didn't mute it. It's still going on, and people are still talking about this fucking thread. And it just really showed me more about what I need to concentrate on and what's most important. And to me, it's keeping Kratom legal, safe, and available for all. That's it right now. And you can't tell me I'm against chronic pain patients or I'm against harm reduction. They're like, oh, the the harm reduction people that you say you're supposed to advocate for, you, you, you terrible person. I used to take Suboxone. It was disgusting. And now as a harm reduction tool, I take creative and medical cannabis. So it's really hard to be against all chronic pain patients or all harm reduction. It just sounds so fucking absurd if anybody, and they're like, oh, it shows any douchebag could have a show. And it was just like, it's just incredible to me that these people were so much for their oxy that even saying oxy is a drug or that I preferred cannabis over Oxy, like I was this terrible person that was trying to tell them that they shouldn't have it. I don't give a fuck what you take. Take it. I don't care. I'm not your mom. And I understand it's not for everybody, but you can't excuse my experience or how I feel. And the reason why I say that cannabis and kratom is not a drug is according to the FDA. Anyways, you would never look at a cannabis plant out in the middle of a field and say, oh, that's a drug. At least I wouldn't. I'd say that's a plant. That's rope, fuel, clothing, uh, superfood, super health food, fuel, building material. And the reason why it's not a drug is because according to the FDA, you would have to get a new drug application. And a company did have a patent uh, out for a new drug application for Kratom, but it never went through. I believe that was in like the 90s. So once it happens, it's restricted, it's scheduled, and no more research is done. So that's why in the U.S. it can't be a drug. Kratom is a tea. Well, not my Kratom that I sell. Don't you dare make a tea with it. Mine's only for rubbing on your face and aromatics, not for human consumption. But if we weren't in America, it would be in many other lands like Indonesia, where it's been used for centuries without one death reported, 
it would be considered a tea. Now, if a food product such as kratom is formulated, it would be formulated into a dietary supplement. I even had people telling me that all dietary supplements were drugs. So the raid in Florida, one of the FDA's claim was that it is a new dietary ingredient, not that it was being sold as a new drug. Actually, that lawsuit says that they have evidence that it was sold before in 1994, part of the Deshaies Act, and that it is considered a safe dietary ingredient. So it's very interesting to see what will come out in that lawsuit. But so the whole more of that story is that, and I didn't mean to get off on a big tangent, but I think it's good that, that I address it. And I don't think any of those people will actually listen to the show. Hopefully they do. I, I would love to have them as listeners and talk to them and, and then find out what I'm actually all about. Was how much time and energy that I personally spend, that the creative community spends, and probably society as a whole spends on negative aspects, negative articles. So I've been really trying to do a lot of personal development, a lot of business development, uh, really take my spare time that I have, which is not really spare time, either I'm cooking or feeding Eli or, or working. But if I have something on the background, it's something that's educational, something that I can learn from, or cannabis or creative news or current events that I can pass on to you guys, something beneficial. So trying to, you know, I do cover a bunch of the stories that, that are happening that are negative, but you know, I'm trying to keep it more focused on the positive. So it really just made me kind of really look at what I was doing and, you know, what I've learned so far about being, a, being a dad and, you know, caring for a little one. It just, it changes absolutely everything. We still got our, MH20, Masterable 20 MH20 coupon going on for any first-time buyers. If you're first time at the store, use the coupon MH20 to save 20% off your first order. So something I did cover right when the show started, we are going to be temporarily shutting down the store. So by the time you listen to this, we're going to be putting a bunch of stuff on sale. We're going to have full kilos for 125 that we have a uh, some extra of. A little bit older stock, but it's been vacuum sealed, so uh, and out of the sunlight. So very confident that it's uh, it's going to be just as good as when it was packaged. And we're doing this so I can concentrate more on the show and advocating because selling it does seem like a conflict of interest, and then I can't speak as openly as I would like to. But the goal before was switching over to all third-party vendors which has proved harder than first anticipated. So we're going to be temporarily shutting down the store and then just working on affiliates that we we know and trust that we would be selling their products on our store with us liquidating all of our dried Kratom stock. We want to make sure that we still get you the best stuff. So we are working on finalizing that deal, but we will be definitely have affiliate link for KratomLeaf.us where you'd be able to buy their products that we currently have listed on Mass Herbal and much more. And they just started clones, rooted clones, before we were selling unrooted clippings. They are now doing pre-order for rooted clones. So I don't have a coupon code for you yet, but on our website, massherbalmarket.com, there will be the direct link that has the affiliate code embedded into it that will take you over to their store and be able to still support the show, still support Mass Herbal, and 
the guys in Florida that are doing great things for radium growing here in the U.S. The store is going to be shutting down, but we are going to be liquidating everything. We just started accepting Bitcoin. So if you'd like to pay through Bitcoin, that is at checkout. And something I couldn't find a link to that Melody showed me. She sent me a screenshot of the, it was a webinar put on by Michigan State Prosecutor's Office by a Michigan State Trooper that had my uh, my podcast, Creative Guys Show, listed in resources. And apparently said he couldn't make it through because I hate cops. He couldn't make it through the podcast because I hate cops. You know, it may sound like that. And that's I actually put up a tweet about that when uh, when Melody showed me. And it's not that I hate cops. I hate that the fact that they've been so indoctrinated, so indoctrinated to think that it's okay to use violence, deadly force, extortion, theft, kidnapping, caging, even forced hard labor, slavery against peaceful plant consumers. That's what I hate. I am vehemently against the use of deadly force for peaceful plant consumers and just in the opposite i am very much for individual liberty and people being left alone that are not hurting or threatening to hurt anybody so that about does it for my quick updates coming up next is going to be creative news and current events All right, time for creative news and current events. We got a lot to get through today. So, as always, the timeline will be in the description. And as far as the news and current event timeline, all the links will go in order that I run through them. So, if you want to skip ahead to Melody, you know, feel free. But I uh, hope you stick around for creative news and current events. So, this first story is from Kratom Science FDA induced panic by another Kratom induced seizure. This all stems from May 21st, 2021 this year. The FDA put out a press release, Kratom is a new dietary ingredient for which there is inadequate information to provide reasonable assurance that it does not present a significant or unreasonable risk of illness or injury. Therefore, dietary supplements and bulk dietary ingredients that are or contain Kratom are adulterated under the Federal Drug and Cosmetic Act. So I believe that's uh, Deshaies. It's the same thing as the shag. So basically what they're saying in this in this statement is that all Kratom is a unapproved dietary supplement now. So this has major implications. I feel especially for the people, for the companies that are selling Kratom as a food or a dietary supplement, because my understanding is that dietary supplements are made up of food ingredients. So this all stems from this May 21st, uh, seizure that the FDA did, or I should say the U.S. Marshals did on behest of the FDA in Florida. So this from the FDA website, FDA announced a seizure of adulterated dietary supplements containing Kratom. The U.S. FDA announced today that U.S. Marshal at the agency's request sees more than 207,000 units of dietary supplements and bulk ingredients that are or contain kratom, including 34,000 kilograms of bulk kratom. The dietary supplement and manufactured Adofil LLC is located in Fort Myers, Florida, and a subsidiary of Premier Manufacturing Products. 
The dietary supplements are marketed under the brand names Boosted Kratom, The Devil's Kratom, Terra Kratom, Zymph, Biobotanical, El Diablo. These products are worth more than $1.3 million. So this, they're saying it's just for the purpose of it being Kratom, of it being a dietary supplement. And basically, when I have Brian on the show uh, for next show, for episode 17, we go into lots of this in detail, basically, that where this paper starts Food and Drug Administration FDA issued an import alert on Kratom in 2012, giving the agency the legal right to seize imports. The justification for the alert was based on laughable, flimsy evidence, including nine deaths in Sweden of a product called Krypton that contained toxic levels of odesmethyltramadol, Babin 2018. And that's uh, Jane Babin. She, I believe Dr. Jane Babin, she did a whole paper on those 44 deaths and just teared them up. The the lack of evidence for that wouldn't hold up in a, in a court of law, and it seemed like it didn't have to. But uh, So the story gets... It didn't have to because they, they just pushed it right through. So we're going to get into this great detail, but um, part of this is so they they put up this import alert they keep seizing products that people are selling as a dietary ingredient so basically it's keeping uh consumers less safe as now if you import it, it has to be for not for human consumption that's how you have to sell it otherwise it's an unapproved according to fda it's an unapproved dietary supplement so i always say to not take kratom that uh definitely don't don't take it I take it. I have really great results with it, but I'm telling you, uh, don't take it. So this is where it gets really interesting. In 2016, this is from the article in 2016, the FDA submitted a three-factor analysis to the DEA <clears throat> recommending Kratom be classified as a Schedule One drug. The DEA announced its intent to schedule, but in response to a massive pro-Kratom grassroots advocacy campaign, rescinded their this decision. 2018 Department of Health Human Services, HHS Assistant Secretary for Health Brett Gerard sent a letter to the DA rescinding any scheduling recommendations put forth by the FDA. HHS has the authority to do so as the FDA is an agency within the HHS. So FDA falls under HHS, is, uh, according to the article. Go rare. Concluded that the level of scientific data and the analysis presented by the FDA is available in literature do not meet the criteria for the inclusion of Kratom or its chemicals components in Schedule 1. Greer warned a ban would present, in quotes, a significant risk of Im- a significant risk of immediate adverse public health consequences for potential millions of users and mentioned the stifling effect of classification in Schedule 1 on critical research needed. So this is somebody in the HHS who put this out, and this this letter remained secret until up until recently. So we're going to get into much more detail of, the, of this whole story with Brian in the next show. But basically there's a little Twitter beef because both Scott Gottlieb, the former head of the FDA, who's now at Pfizer, I believe, and the uh, FDA commissioner of food and drugs, Janet Woodcock, they both got on Twitter saying how bad Kratom was. And Woodcock referred to the, the same poorly evidence negative effects claim FDA made in its attempt to justify a ban. Got complained of being prevented by HHS from moving forward 
with the scheduling of Kratom, Gourier responded on Twitter. So you just heard it from the article, what, what uh, Brian said, Gottlieb said, and then uh, Brick Gruyere. So th- this guy, Dr. Gruyere, who used to be the head of the HHS that the FDA falls under, said FDA doesn't schedule it, only recommends. FDA's recommendation was rejected because of embarrassingly poor evidence and data and a failure to consider overall public health. If Kratom is feeling opioid addiction, prove it, and then HHS Ash should reconsider. Because Gottlieb did say what, what Brian left out is that we, we were prevented by HHS from moving forward with the scheduling of Kratom, and I'm convinced it's fueling the opioid addiction crisis. In my opinion, that's fucking absurd. You know how many people are using Kratom to free themselves of their addictions to opioids? That was really big news, this uh, th- this raid. And then here's another one from uh, Mississippi. This is a raid by the local sheriff's department. The Panola, Panola County Sheriff's Office is reporting the arrest of two individuals on Wednesday, May 12th, after a search warrant was issued for Crossroads Grocery on Highway 6 in East Panola County. Sheriff Shane Phipps the deputies had received several reports of Kratom banned in the county being sold to adults and juveniles at this location. Good on them. But who knew? Maybe they didn't even know. They don't watch the news. Maybe they didn't even know it. it's fine, like the week before. But and, and they don't even have any proof that it was being sold to minors. If a store is being sold to minors, you know, it's up to the neighborhood to basically get their reputation around. And then people won't shop there. They'll go out of business. But there's no reason why police should be bringing violence into this. And to say that a few aldermen at a city meeting are able to do this, now they they robbed this guy. So after receiving the complaints of Panola County Narcotics Unit conducted an undercover buy out of the store, resulting in a search warrant being executed. <clears throat> While executing the search warrant with the assistance of bait... Batesville's Special Operations Division, thousands of dollars of Kratom were seized. Two arrests were made. Thousands of dollars. And then they they, they, they display it like a drug raid. They got all the, the packages and bottles all over the count all over the counter. Yeah, good job guys. He stole somebody's herbal medicine. Now somebody's gonna go fucking find fentanyl or something. That's so crazy. So yeah, a couple of fucking group of aldermen can get together and say, okay, now we have the ability to have our enforcers go rob and kidnap people and then extort them in order for them to gain their freedom. And then if the court finds them guilty, then they can be sent to forced hard labor. Fucking store owner for selling Kratom. That's legal in other counties. It's so crazy. So that's that story out of uh, Batesville, Mississippi. So this was a pretty good read, the Kratom use, rare but common among people with opioid use disorder. NYU, substance used by 0.7% of U.S. population and 10.3% of people with opioid use disorder. Less than 1% of the people in the United States use Kratom, a plant-based substance commonly used to manage pain and opioid withdrawal. According to a study published in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine, that link is in the, uh, the article here for NYU which is legal but carries the risk of addiction and harmful side effects. It is more prevalent among people who use other drugs, particularly those with opioid use disorder. This is derived from Kratom tree, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Kratom is legal at the federal level and in most states, but certain safety concerns have led to multiple warnings from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the DEA. Talked about how the DEA labeled as a drug concern. 
men, white people, and those with depression and serious illness were also more likely to report using Kratom. Teens and adults over 50 were less likely to report use. This study adds to our understanding of Kratom's prevalence and its connection to opioid misuse, said Palmer, one of the researchers. More research is needed to determine the substance effectiveness in treating opioid withdrawal, and more research is needed to determine how safe the substance is when combined with other drugs. You know, you shouldn't take it at all, but um, in my opinion, don't mix. That's rule number one is don't mix it with other shit. It's my belief that all of the other deaths were caused by, with, with some other substance or serious underlying health condition. So, but what that says is that teens and adults over 50 were less likely to report use. So that's either they aren't consuming it that much. I mean, honestly, if I was a teenager, this would be like the worst thing to use. It's not a, it's it's not fun to do. And from my experience, what other people have told me, you know, you you do too much and you just get nauseous and it's, it's not fun. Like it doesn't produce a high, at least on me, it doesn't produce a high, it doesn't produce euphoria. It basically just gives me a little boost and kind of uh, makes the pain a little bit more tolerable. So I thought that was quite interesting. I mean, it just basically goes into talking about what what Kratom was and how they are using a 2019 national survey on drug use and health, which captured data on 56,136 adolescents and adults in the U.S. Palmer explained how many people use Kratom and what other substances they use. He found that an estimated 0.7% of adults and adolescents use Kratom in the past year, so still really low. And then it talks about people using it with with other drugs, with 10.3% of people with opioid use disorder reporting Kratom use. For myself and so many people that have directly told me, it really does work very well for a withdrawal. So we got big news with the KCPA, the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, being enacted in multiple states or on its way to being enacted. So we got Connecticut, South Dakota, Oklahoma, and Missouri. Oklahoma passes KCPA that was approved by the governor on May 24th of this year. And then we also have Missouri, where it looks like it's headed... Another version of the KCPA looks like it's headed to being passed, but the last update was May 5th, placed in formal calendar. So we'll have to be on the lookout for that. But looking at it, uh, the third read on February 11th passed 144 to 0, with only 7 present. Looks like it's left the House and is headed to the Senate. So next up is the bill from Connecticut House Bill 6333 to regulate the preparation, distribution, and sale of Kratom-based products. So, so far the last date was February uh, 2021, referred to Joint Committee on General Law. So let me open summary and text because this is a little fishy to me. Proposed bill doc. Okay, so I'm going to go through this bill, and this is this is not, from my understanding, this is not the KCPA. This is uh, something completely different that somebody wrote in Connecticut, Rep. Quentin Phipps and Senator Julie Kushner. And I don't know how um, sympathetic they are to our cause. Let's say we refer to Committee on General Law, an act regulating 
the preparation, distribution, and sale of Kratom-based products. I'll go through the whole thing. It's not that long. And then uh, discuss it. Be enacted by Senate and House representatives and General Assembly convened. Senate and House. Usually there's two separate bills. Very interesting. That the general statutes be amended to regulate the preparation, distribution, and sale of Kratom products, Kratom-based products to prohibit the preparation, distribution, and sale of adulterated products or contaminated Kratom-based products, prescribe fines and penalties, and provide the powers and duties of certain state governmental officers and entities regarding Kratom-based products. Statement of purpose to regulate the preparation, distribution, and sale of creative blah, 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 blah. What, what makes this so weird to me is that it's like the, the KCPA basically says how it's going to be regulated. And the penalty, I think it's $50 if, if you don't register. I don't know if this is something that gets adjusted as they go through the process, but this is, I think, is something very important to keep an eye on. And if you're in Connecticut, definitely keep an eye on this. The link will be in the description. Because if this passes the way it is, and then they decide to change it, or to you know, oh, the alcohol level can't be among, uh, can't be higher than this amount, or it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Something to to keep an eye on. So this one has South Dakota House Bill twelve sixty two, regulate creating for those under the age of twenty one, and it passed thirty five yes and no zero. Signed by the governor March 3rd, 2021, the day after my birthday. And to my understanding, I believe that Representative Carl Perry was, let's see if I can see his picture. Okay, so I think it is the guy I'm thinking of, um, that is Representative Carl Perry. I believe he used to be really against Kratom. Uh, let me see if I can look at the summary and text on this one. So this one is a little different. I guess this is really good to put them right next to each other, but this is uh, being enacted by a legislator of the state of South Dakota. A new section added, 34-20B-115, Kratom Underage Misdemeanor. So this is making it a misdemeanor. The following actions are unlawful to knowingly sell or distribute Kratom to a person under the age of 21 to purchase or attempt to purchase the receipt or attempt to receive the possession or consumption of Kratom by a person under the age of 21. So this is now penalizing it. If you are under the age of 21, it would make it a crime, a misdemeanor in that state, South Dakota, or consumption of Kratom by a person under the age of 21. I think that's too old. I think there should be a, at least a provision in there that says parental consent. You know, there's plenty of people who are 16, 17, 18. That, uh, this is what somebody said at, at New Hampshire when I went to go testify there. And uh, it's actually what one of, the, one of the representatives said in Maryland, too. That they were like, the, she, she said, Why are we limiting this to just adults? And I think Maryland's ending up doing 18. Um, but yeah, the guy in Maryland is like, he's like, uh, I mean, the guy in New Hampshire was saying, he's like, we all know how hard opioids hit in this area. Um, he's like, we all know plenty of 16 through 21 year olds that are, have, are, or having a hard time. He's like, I used to work in a sober living. And he's like, the amount of young teenagers that came through there. And he's, he was saying he knows that uh, it would it would help them. So um, this would make it a misdemeanor, make it a crime. So the third part, final part, 
to purchase Kratom on behalf of or to give Kratom to any person under the age of 21 unless the person the purchaser is a parent or guardian of the person under the age of 21. For the purpose of this section is substance that contains seven hydroxymetrogene, metrogene, and metrogene pseudo in doxal. A violation of the section is a class two misdemeanor. So I'd have to go look it up to see what a class two misdemeanor is, but I'm sure the penalties aren't nothing. So um, I am not going to go look that up. You guys are on your own on that one. Go look up South Dakota misdemeanor class two, but I am really glad that it has that provision for parental or guardian approval for anybody under the age of 21. And those South Dakota links are also in LegisCan. Just kind of click around in there. So this was an important one coming out of Massachusetts, switching gears here a little bit. And I do have some creative stories further down the line. This one was in May. Did some recent stuff, and then now I'm doing a little bit older stuff because it's been so long. So yeah, this one was in May. And this is out of Massachusetts. State allows hemp to be grown on agricultural land. And this was commonwealthmagazine.org. Huge swaths of land will now be available to hemp growers after state agency last week removed one of the major legal barriers to growing hemp in Massachusetts and agreed to let hemp be grown on land that is part of state agricultural preservation restriction program. Basically says that hemp is a kind of cannabis plant that can't get you high, growing hemp legalized by Massachusetts and the voters of 2016 and by the federal government in 2018. That was through the Farm Bill. Hemp was not included in the state law that defined agricultural land. A statement in an effort to support the Massachusetts agriculture community, the Massachusetts Department of Agriculture Resources held statewide listening sessions seeking input on ways to improve its long-standing agricultural provision restriction program, a voluntary program that protects farmland for future agriculture use. Department spokesperson Katie Gronendike said in a statement issued Friday, as a result of that public feedback and to provide APR, Farmers New Economic Opportunities, Master's Department of Agriculture Resources, has reviewed its legal authority and decided to exercise its discretion to allow the growing of hemp and marijuana on APR land in accordance with state and federal law. The guidance clarifies that hemp may be grown on all APR land. Since marijuana remains federally legal, marijuana can only be grown on land that is not federally funded and is not subject to enforcement by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Most APR land acquired since the 1990s was purchased using federal funding, so this particularly this opens up much more land to hemp farmers than marijuana growers. Further down at the end of the article, a recent pass bill is expected to expand the market for hemp by allowing hemp sales to legal marijuana retailers, but regulators are still working out Exactly what products will be allowed to be sold and when. Rep Smitty. There's a guy, of course, of course there is. Good old Smitty. Smitty Pignatelli. Fucking Smitty. Guy's a minch. A Lennox Democrat who sponsored a bill to let hemp be grown on APR land said he's very excited that the state agricultural department made the decision. Though he wishes it could have been done sooner, I think it's going to be a real addition opportunity for farmers, Pignatelli said. 
I really think hemp could be potentially a bigger and better grass crop than marijuana. Pignatelli said, suggesting that there are more ways to use hemp than marijuana, and the farmer does not need a large plot of land to grow hemp and can still earn money. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, they, they don't want to do it, but I would much rather see um, start selling you know, plastics and building material, um, use it as fuel. Instead of just getting the the CBD from it, you know you can do um, the hemp parts, the hemp seeds that are you know packed in omega threes and omega sixes. I'm not gonna find it in the article, but basically, all of these hemp farmers and hemp producers in Massachusetts they got licenses to sell hemp products, and then all of a sudden the the Massachusetts Department of Agriculture or Department of Health said. Well, um, we're not going to, we're going to go with um, FDA guidance on this. So you cannot sell it. And what the FDA says is you can't sell CBD in food or pet products. And then Massachusetts also said that you can't sell it in its raw flour either. So that just leaves oil. The consumer is left to do with it as they will or um, topical products. So basically, all all these uh, hemp farmers uh, were planning on selling uh, edibles, CBD edibles, and um, all types of food products, and they they got thwarted. So you know, and it's like you can't sell it to Massachusetts uh, consumers, but um, they they still have the ability to sell outside of Massachusetts. So it's dollars leaving it, it, the whole thing's fucked. So this next story, I, I didn't actually get to read. Um, I'm sure there's a way I could find it through archive. It's from the New York Times. A psychedelic drug passes a big test for PTSD treatment. And I was super interested in reading it, but apparently between my phone and this restarting so many times, I reached my my limit. Uh, so it's behind the paywall. So if you uh, can read it, it seems like good news for MDMA um, and uh, PTSD patients. This next update is for Massachusetts so we got North Reading. This came out May 3rd. The North Reddick Community Impact Team sent this out on their website, Facebook, Twitter. And North Reading Police Department also sent it out. They retweeted it and then shared it on their site, on their Facebook. It says, The Drug-Free Communities Director in North Reading Health Department routinely monitor for unregulated products. Kratom, a legal product, is an example of such product. The attached bulletin is intended to raise community awareness about this unregulated product. The major concern is that there is no consumer protection. For example, unregulated products have been shown to contain added substances, make false medical claims, and or do not contain the amount of product listed on the label. With these concerns in mind, North Reading Board of Health has requested that Kratom be removed from North Reading stores until further notice. So, so far I can see that this is just a, a friendly request and not an ordinance or demand, but usually when they start with this shit that it's going somewhere. So especially Massachusetts uh, residents, just be on the lookout. So looking at this community where I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but there's just so many proven lies and misinformation, FDA talking points that are in, Two of these community alerts. One is just about Kratom, community alert, community alert Kratom, and I, of course, leave all the links in the description under sources. 
Though it doesn't say when they put this up. This is North Reading 2020-2021 Health and Safety Guide. So that was an older one. And then most recently, the Community Alert Kratom. So let's look at the Community Alert Kratom one first. There's just so much shit in here. I don't, I don't even know if I can get in this. I, I'm going to be here way too long. And again, it's like, you know, how many actual Kratom consumers did they talk to before they put this out? How many Kratom researchers did they talk to before putting this out? How much misinformation did they look at before putting this out? How much stuff are they just repeating that they found on the net that is directly given by the FDA to places like WebMD? I'm not even going to get into the WebMD stuff. That's it's too long. But uh, WebMD, there is a Kratom a survey going on right now. You can, if you find it, you can enter your, your information about your reaction your experience with Kratom is not currently illegal substance in Massachusetts. Do they want to change that? They want to ramp up the drug war? How fucking stupid. I mean, granted, I think all th- that no adult should be able to come in between two consenting adults doing a transaction, making a trade. That means with that definition that uh, any regulation would be unjust taxation no one has the right to just charge somebody something in order to sell something. I think it's stupid. But if that's the case, you know, you're worried about being unregulated, then enact the case of BA. It's really not a big deal. How Kratom affects the brain. Kratom can cause effects similar to both opioids and stimulants. Two main compounds in Kratom leaves mitrogene, 7-hydroxymitrogene, mitrogenine, interact with opioid receptors in the brain. Yeah, so does fucking cheese. Fuck out of here. It's being so disingenuous or uneducated to put out this shit and not talk about G-coupled proteins and not talk about partial agonists versus full agonists. Interact with opioid receptors in the brain, producing sedation pleasure. Decreased pain. Oh, that sounds terrible. Mitrogenine also interacts with other receptor systems in the brain to produce stimulant effects. Kratom claims to be a non-addictive substance and that you cannot overdose on Kratom. Both claims have been proven false. Oh, is that what Kratom claims? Hold on a second. Let me ask my Kratom. How can Kratom make a claim? Maybe Kratom vendors, Kratom consumers? But let's let's unpack that. Non-addictive substance. What I say is really anything could be addictive. You could go to the fucking gym too much, be addicted to the gym. You know, you can drink too much water, too much coffee. So non-addictive, what I haven't seen, and I've spoken to, interacted with hundreds of creative consumers, is I have seen physical dependence, but I haven't seen it cross over the threshold to addiction or drug-seeking. Like, I've, I've never wanted to steal from friends and family or go do some really stupid shit in order to get money to get Kratom. You know, maybe people have that problem. And if they did, it's usually they're coming off of some other type of drugs and they're dealing with PAWS, the post-acute withdrawal symptoms. So, it's just stupid. And that you can't overdose on it. Well, you know, there's millions of dollars worth of research going on right now through the uh, through NIDA through the University of Florida Pharmacology 
And with that end in Mississippi, um, Christopher McCurdy doing all this research, none of them have been able to figure out an LD50 in humans. I guess they have done it in mice and it's like an extreme amount. My understanding is you'd have to take so many kilos of raw pure leaf for you to actually overdose. And I don't think you can take that much because you'd end up just getting sick. My understanding is that you just get sick and have to lay down, maybe have to go to the hospital. But that, as far as I know, hasn't killed anybody. So proven false? No. I mean, you can overdose on anything, but is it a lethal overdose? So they haven't been able to prove an LD50, and they haven't been able to prove a the mechanism in which it kills because it has been shown that it does not cause respiratory suppression. And the deaths, all the kratom-related related deaths have been turned out to be bullshit. They, they say somewhere, uh, here it is, hidden, hidden ingredients by everywhere. Some kratom products have been tested to, other, to have other substances mixed in, often unknown to the buyer. These include diphethamine and antihistamine, alcohol, caffeine, benzos, THC, fentanyl, and cocaine. Two deaths were reported following exposure from kratom alone with no other reported substances. Some products have been tested to contain salmonella bacteria. So what is most important when someone says, or what I think is most important when someone says that there have been kratom-only deaths, when you look at that CDC report, they say that there are, I think theirs was two, or maybe it was seven deaths that were kratom only in their system, but other substances in the body couldn't be ruled out. That's the thing, they can't rule it out, because if you look at the New England Journal of Medicine, the the paper, the, the survey they did in Colorado, when they looked at the 15 related deaths, they found that they were able to excuse a bunch of them, I think it was like uh, 11 right off the bat, had other, other, other drugs in their system, but they looked at the other four or five, I think, Maybe a 16 total. But they looked at the other five. One of them, there was no uh, residual blood. But what they did was a very particular postmortem blood test that all medical examiners are not doing. The initial blood test that was originally these deaths were supposed to be kratom only. But once they did this more in-depth test, so this says... We further investigated the four deaths that appeared to be due to mitrogen only, reviewing police investigation records for all four and performing comprehensive toxicology screening with high-performance liquid chromatography with tantrum mass spectrometry for the three cases for which residual blood was available. In our investigation of all 15 kratom-related deaths, we determined that 14 deaths clearly involved multiple drugs Mitrogen levels varied, blah, blah. Residual blood was not available for confirmatory testing in the remaining kratom-related death. So I'll, I'll, of course, leave this link right by the North Reading stuff with the New England Journal of Medicine. So that's the big deal. When someone says, oh, you know, the the uh, medical examiner, the coroner, they they said that uh, it's kratom-related, kratom-only. Some of those are starting to pop up, kratom-only deaths. These people most likely have never even heard of kratom or it's just starting to come on their radar and they're seeing it in, in, the, uh, in the cases. But that's the big question. What type of postmortem blood test was done? 
because a lot of these initial tests are not catching it. Let's go back to the thing, and I won't be here too long. You can you can fucking read it. It's just a lot of bullshit. It's creative addictive. Can cause dependence, physical withdrawal symptoms, and stop taking it. Like that's the worst fucking thing, you know. Like coffee, coffee is terrible withdrawals for me. I still drink it. I probably shouldn't be drinking it, but withdrawal symptoms. Like that's the worst thing. Fucking try to quit sugar. Try to quit these mass-produced, heavily processed foods and see what happens. They call it the keto flu when you come off all the sugar and, and bullshit. I do leave their number here, though. Six states and several other additional cities have banned Kratom over concurs for its potential for addiction. Withdrawal symptoms include muscle aches, insomnia, irritability, hostility, aggression, emotional change, runny nose, and jerky movements. You know, I'll take those any day over coming off the Suboxone. That was fucking terrible. Delusions, potential physical side effects, and potential nervous system side effects. There's a whole laundry list of stuff. Liver damage, that hasn't been proven. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But when you look at that study, I'm not going to pull that up, but when you look at the study for the liver damage, it's something like the average is like uh, a 40 or 50-year-old American men. Come on, so you, you try to tell me that they have a great diet. They're not on any other medications. They're not drinking alcohol. Their stress levels are managed. Come on. You would have to find like a group a uh, for a double-blind study about everybody has an outstanding liver, and then you give it, you give them kratom a certain amount for so long. And psychosis, that hasn't been proven either. This is, there's so much bullshit in there. Potential nervous system side effects, dizziness, drowsiness, hallucinations, and delusions, depression and delusions, breathing suppression, seizure, coma. It's funny, when I interviewed Brian Kratom Science, he said that he actually spoke to someone who said that uh, it helped their seizures, that it helped manage their seizures. Hallucinations and delusions, what, where, when, and what other drugs were they on? This is pretty crazy. They show a picture of the uh, a package that was sold in North Reading, purchased in North Reading. The product to the right had 54 capsules in the package, not fi- not 65 as noted. So that's bullshit. And it also says organic herbs. Kind of hard to be organic when... I guess you can say it's organic, but you can't use the stamp, I guess. I don't know. I just know organic is a USDA term. It says the different ways it's sold. Packaging varies. There may not be manufacturing information, company information, or production location. If a package does include this information, it does not make it more safe. Um, okay. You know, it, it's acting like people aren't fucking adults responsible for their own shit. If it doesn't have the information on it, then don't buy it. If you do buy it and it doesn't have any, any information on it, or you don't know the company, that's on you. You chose to buy something that you had no idea about. All this, like, this just takes away the personal responsibility. And then they got um, the quick facts at the end. Uh, and, and then I'm done. I know I, I said I wouldn't read it all. but So they got the National Poison Data System found that between 2011 and 27 deaths, there were 11 deaths of sodium kratom exposure, nine of the deaths. Nine of the 11 deaths reported in the study involved kratom plus other drugs and it doesn't say that other drugs 
in the system can't be ruled out. And that uh, poison control data is incomplete, inaccurate information with no follow-up. It could be someone that just called up, that, that took it, and then they're fine a half hour later. We'll never know. The DEA lists Kratom as a drug concern. Okay, that's true. Uh, according to the FDA, Kratom should not be used to treat a medical condition, nor should it be used as an alternative for, to prescription opioids. That's important, guys. Don't use it as an alternative to prescription opioids. Now, I do. And a lot of uh, consumers and uh, the, the show listeners do. But you should definitely not use it to get off of opioids that are destroying your life. And listen, with that thing that just happened on uh, Twitter with the chronic pain patient, if you have to take opioids and that's the thing that helps you and they're cutting you off, that's bullshit. You should be able to take whatever you need, whatever you want. But for me, when I was on opiates, I am very happy that I found Kratom and Cannabis. I'm much more clear-headed i am more motivated i'm not drug seeking you know i i i I chose to step away from that away from what i consider to be a slave to the the doctor the medical industry to the doctors the pharmacies the insurance companies usually the doctors were cool with me i mean talking about you know suboxone and stuff but you try to fill fill your script uh, a day early to work out on your uh, work schedule, you're going to be out of town. Yeah, they treat you like a fucking like a crazy person, like a like a drug addict. And it's like, oh, for for a day early, I just don't want to deal with it. I got my one doctor appointment, and that's with Doctor Uma for for my can uh, medical cannabis card, which I got to update that by the way. Currently, no FDA approved uh, therapeutic uses for kratom, and the FDA has evidence to show that there's significant safety risks associated with its use. What's the significant safety risk associated with FDA-approved drugs? How much, how many does FDA-approved drugs kill every year? And let's compare it to Kratom. At one time, some researchers believed that Kratom might be a safe alternative to opioids and other prescription pain medications. However, studies on the effects of Kratom have identified many safety concerns and no clear benefits. That is fucking bullshit. That is exactly the opposite of what they're saying uh, in the, the NIDA studies and Christopher McCurdy. They think it's very clear benefit and that this could be the answer to addiction to opioids and getting people their lives back. And it's working. Right now, there's millions of people that are getting there, at least hundreds of thousands in America that are that have attributed Kratom and a better, healthy lifestyle for helping to improve their life and contributing to their overall health and wellness. And then the North Reading safety concerns. Looks like it was like written um, by. I'm not. I'm not even going to go into it, but I will go down to the Kratom. It's a lot of that same stuff. The CDC doing the 91 deaths. Seven of the 91 deaths found Kratom only in their system. And again, they're not saying that other drugs in the system couldn't be ruled out. Why are they leaving this out? They're making it sound so bad, but they're th- this whole thing is like written by um, Prohibition Error uh, Reefer Madness style. They talk about CBD and cannabis. Buyer beware CBD, buyer beware Kratom, vaping e-cigarettes. It's just, you go into it, it's just like, just a lot of crazy stuff. But I'm not going to get into it. That's North Reading, so be on the lookout. Massachusetts, they they could be trying to do something. So we definitely got to be on the lookout. 
So this next story is also out of Massachusetts. Good news. More good news coming out of Mass. We got decriminalization, or rather deprioritization of entheogens um, like psilocybin mushrooms, ayahuasca, cacti, um, ibogaine. And uh, they are going to be putting together a, a board, I believe, of like scientists, doctors, researchers, and I believe somebody from the Cannabis Control Commission, the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission, to see if it's viable to either decriminalization or uh, decriminalize or legalize uh, psychedelics in Massachusetts. So we got, uh, I'm just going to roll this all into one. It looks like the decriminalized nature mass site is down. So I'll put there, I'll replace it with the Facebook page. So we had it on the agenda of uh, Northampton, Somerville, and Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I've got, I've got a few different stories together. WBUR, Somerville is first mass community to move to decriminalize psychedelics. We got the actual meeting, the Cambridge meeting, where I spoke. I'd like to speak in favor of policy number 10, the entheogens and decriminalization. This really looks like it's going to be the next industry following, following cannabis. And decriminalization is definitely the first step to safe access. I'm sure you're going to hear about from lots of different people regarding the different research trials for PTSD, depression, and addiction. I do know two people personally that are in the trials and have have had great results for PTSD and depression. And we all know that the, the war on drugs has been a complete and utter failure. These policies, they needlessly put police in harm's way and it doesn't just ruin lives but ruins households and neighborhoods for generations to come. Right now, the city council has a chance to uphold the Massachusetts state constitution that says we have the right to against unreasonable search and seizure, but we'll no longer use city resources to use violence and deadly force against peaceful people that are, are simply plant consumers. You have to kind of... Check it out, because it's really weird. The Cambridge one, they didn't have a certain time where they'd be talking about each each agenda. So it was kind of like you just sign up and then you say, I want to talk about this agenda. It looks like they just went through the list. So there was something else about community housing for the homeless and a couple of other things that people spoke about. Then they got the snapshot of City of Cambridge paper that they put out for why they want to decriminalize uh, psychedelics in Massachusetts. And basically what it said was... I can go through it, but I, I think just wrap this all into one story instead of going through e reading each one. So there was the the mayor of Cambridge, and three of the councilors uh, came up with this this uh, this agenda to decriminalize not only entheogens, psychedelics, but also to decriminalize all drugs in Cambridge. So basically, they said as a city council, they can't do that. But what they can do is write this um, recommendation, write this recommendation to basically say that they are going to have the police deprioritize the um, the enforcement of drug laws in Cambridge. So I would really like to follow up with the Cambridge chief of police, maybe do a freedom of information request and find out. If they're still arresting people in Cambridge for this, because this was February 3rd, 
the one in Cambridge. Let's see. A story from Marijuana Moment. Cambridge City Council decriminalized psychedelics and urges police to end drug arrests more broadly. And finally, the Boston Globe. Should psychedelic drugs be decriminalized in mass advocates see opening? Successful campaign in Somerville and pushed by a lawmaker could provide momentum. Okay, I did highlight a little bit of this since it's the last story. So let's just go through it. I'll try to get through it real quick. Somerville in January became the first jurisdiction in Massachusetts to move towards decriminalizing plant-based psychedelic drugs, with city leaders voting unanimously to recognize the medical use of natural entheogens. I can't even say it including psilocybin, the active ingredient magic mushrooms, and make them among the lowest enforcement priority for local police. I hope so. You know, we got um, anti-kratom zealots that think they're they're doing the, the Lord's work on a on a crusade to, to ban kratom. You know, we don't need to call it ban. We need we need to call it use state approved violence against peaceful plant consumers. You know, it, it's great to see these towns trying to break up the war on drugs and stop this shit because I've said it numerous times that Kratom, the issue revolving around Kratom is more than just a plant because you can't criminalize a plant. You criminalize the people that sell it, the people that consume it, that are peaceful, that haven't hurt anybody. And it's a human rights issue. Who can man delegate rights for which he does not individually have? Can he delegate rights to a collective that he does not have? If you don't have the right as an individual to go attack people because you don't like something that they're doing or a plant that they're ingesting, you don't have a right as a group to do it. I've been thinking a lot about this. I really think the police should be the most pissed off that they've been forced to do this. You get seemingly good police officers that come in that want to you know, help fight bad guys and lock people up that actually have done harm to people rapists, murderers, and then they're forced to do this shit where they either now have to pick, and it's completely different now that I have my kid, you know, they have to pick a whole nother line of work or just go along to get along and decide to use deadly force against plant consumers. So hopefully more cops will start doing this, but if I was a cop, I would be the most pissed. Let's continue. State Representative Mike Connolly, whose district includes large swaths of Cambridge and Somerville, and who has been working with reformers, told the Globe he is planning to file a preliminary bill that would create a committee of public officials, scientists, criminal justice experts, and others to study whether Massachusetts should decriminalize natural psychedelics and legalize their administration in therapeutic settings statewide. The committee also may study whether to decriminalize possession of small amounts of other illicit substances. Yeah, decriminalize it. And something else, I'll try to get through this, but I only got a couple other highlighted spots. But something else I've been really thinking about is, especially now having a kid, you know, I've been researching so much about peaceful parenting and making sure I want to really stay away from punishments and rewards. And the kid should be doing something because he generally wants to do it. When you start forcing people to do stuff that they don't want to do, it, it it's really bad. And that goes for children too. Everything I've been learning and researching so what I've been really thinking about recently, what I've really been thinking about recently is how the war on drugs affects individuals. You know, I thought that maybe a lot of people do drugs just, you know, 
maybe something there in childhood trauma, but I also think it's the prohibition of drugs contributes to bad behavior, not necessarily the drug itself, but constantly feeling like you're doing something wrong, you're in the wrong, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. So you start to have like this this feeling and this way about yourself when you're when, when you're doing that. And it comes off, you know, it's it's in the subconscious and people can sense it. So if it didn't have this high stigmatization around it, maybe mental health in this country would be a lot better. Plus, you know, you're looking at stuff like putting stuff to an illicit market. I think there should be a free market. I don't think anybody has the right to get in between two consenting adults making a trade. But this guarantees no buyer recourse, no oversight over products, very little branding so you know what you're getting, no batch numbers, lot numbers. So it, it turns it into a real mess. So you know, decriminalization is definitely the way to go. And back to the story. This ought to be taken out of the realm of criminal justice system and become part of the way we look at people's health, Connolly said. It may strike some folks as an unconventional approach, but there's a growing body of evidence that points to how Entheogenic substances can offer hope for people struggling with intraceable PTSD, depression, and substance use disorder, all of which the COVID-19 pandemic has exasperated. I absolutely agree. You know, we, we should be doing this in uh, therapeutic settings, but what I've heard Paul, I always say it wrong, Stemets or Stamats, um, say about this is like, you know, that you know where you're getting it and you know how much you're taking, but that also just doing it in a therapeutic setting that could really limit the people that are have access to it you know they have to have the money for these appointments they have to be in the right circles to get into the trials so he's like you buy it down from the guy that grew it down the corner you don't exactly know how old it is the strength and all that he's like but you have access so Meanwhile, and a little further down, meanwhile, peer-reviewed research from John Hopkins Center of uh, Psychedelic and Consciousness Research and other institutions increasingly back the efficacy of psilocybin and similar compounds as treatment for many conditions, including depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, especially for those in end-of-life care, cluster and migraine headaches, and substance use disorder. It's very interesting, especially what I've been seeing about ayahuasca is how it kind of, it can rewire your brain to pre-addiction uh, connections. So super interesting. That's definitely something that I want to do. And I recently heard that New Hampshire has decriminalized psychedelics and they are holding ceremonies up there. And I did find one in Florida that was doing it. And that was like two grand, I think, to go for the weekend. And I think you have to stop Kratom too before doing it. Interesting, the Federal Food... Food and Drug Administration in 2018 designated psilocybin as a breakthrough therapy for treatment-resistant depression, clearing the way for accelerated trials after initial studies showed it was it is far more effective than currently available pharmaceuticals. Very interesting. That determination intensified calls for the federal government to end its designation of psilocybin as a Schedule One drug with no medical use and a high potential for abuse. Taken in high doses or stressful settings, psilocybin can sometimes cause unpleasant or overwhelming temporary experiences. In rare cases, many exasperate existing conditions such as schizophrenia. But experts said, in quotes, bad trips are easily avoided with proper dose and preparation and noted the drug isn't physically toxic or addictive. Tolerance builds up almost immediately, making repeated back-to-back -back trips impractical. The most enthusiastic users, which I 
consumers indulged perhaps once a month with one telling the globe that taking psilocybin more often would be as unappealing as having chocolate cake for dinner every night. I don't know. I like chocolate. Maybe a little too much. So very interesting. We have the federal government, the FDA, uh, saying this is breakthrough therapy. And at the same time, it's still Schedule 1, the same as heroin. It's fucking crazy. And then you got the revolving door of regulators that are uh, pay to play. You just saw that new Alzheimer's medication. But that's also something Paul uh, Stemmett said. The fact that it's um, scheduled under no medical use and high potential for abuse. He's like, you try to ask somebody who tripped the night before to let's do it again. He's like, they're going to look at you like in disgust. From what I remember, he said it's the the lowest potential for addiction or abuse. So then we got a quote from Sam Chapman, who helped lead the successful campaign to legalize psychedelic therapy in Oregon, said his group took a largely educational approach after finding that voters weren't particularly polarized or hardened in their opinions about psilocybin, but knew practically nothing about the drug. Chapman's team especially emphasized the potential of psychedelics to treat veterans suffering PTSD and help communities of color with high rates of mental illness amid the pandemic. We led with the science and followed with the personal stories, Chapman said. It's a one-two combo that's incredibly hard to deny. Other than objections from a group of psychiatrists, campaigners in Oregon ran into little organized opposition. Instead, Their biggest challenge was addressing the widespread incorrect assumption that the proposed measure would authorize commercial stores selling magic mushrooms, peyote, and the like. The article ends with anti-cannabis police chief John Carmichael of Walpole. Possession of a small amount quantity of psilocybin is a misdemeanor in Massachusetts. Walpole Police Chief John Carmichael, who represented the Massachusetts Chief of Police Association during the drafting of the state's marijuana regulations, he was so against it said officers very rarely encounter such drugs. Police groups likely won't oppose supervised psilocybin therapy, especially for veterans, Carmichael said. He also noted that the criminal charges for psychedelics are already unusual, with officers almost always preferring to bring subjects in the throes of a bad trip to the hospital instead of to the station. That's not that unusual, but I'll, I'll continue, like, I guess for cops. The primary concern of law enforcement is that decriminalization might encourage greater use of the substances, increasing the risk of encounters between police and impaired people, while decreasing the ability of officers to refer subjects to treatment. Their treatment is a therapy session. So, yeah, so if it's just therapy session, they won't have access to it. I'm not a big fan of people who possess drugs going to jail, Carmichael said, but it could be an opportunity missed to have a mechanism where people get drug education or treatment if necessary. By force. Once you start forcing people to do stuff, it doesn't work out. The goal should be to try to help them abstain from drug use. So that's that Boston Globe piece. Now, I wasn't going to go through this, but I think it's kind of important to actually read what they're saying and, you know, to see this coming from a city councilor, you know, I inherently think that the criminal justice system is, is bogus, especially the war on drugs. It's a class system basically relegating those drug consumers to a lower class, a criminal class. Unlike Oregon, that they had ballot initiatives for both decriminalizing entheogenic plants and then decriminalizing all drugs. So this is just the recommendation or the memorandum to deprioritize. But good step forward. 
just the fact that this is on record of you have city councilmen and the mayor all speaking out against this. They signed on to it. This is big. I think this is big. It's a start. It's at least a start. So this was from February 16th from Westward. Create and ban in Monument and bid to overturn it. Monument, Colorado. During a virtual meeting that starts at 6.30 p.m. today, February 16th, the Board of Trustees for the Town of Monument will hear a presentation seeking to overturn the community's prohibition on the sales of Kratom, an herbal pain reliever of Southeast Asian origin. Leading the charge will be Mac Haddo, Senior Fellow on Public Policy at the AKA. Haddo is one of the nation's leading advocates for the popular but controversial substance, which the Federal Food and Drug Administration has spent the past several years demonizing. An effort that led Denver in November 2017 to require labeling that says creative is not safe for human consumption. Yeah, that makes that makes everything a lot better. It is go with the FDA that it's not a food and not fit for human consumption, and then the vendor can't put directions on their packaging and then somebody who shouldn't have coffee or anything like that might have a drug interaction when they decide to take it so stupid move nonetheless efforts to classify kratom as schedule one narcotic on par with heroin and cocaine were rejected by the feds in 2018 a development that haddo accuses the fda of trying to hush up for more than two years so that's that hhs letter that came out in 2018 but nobody ever knew about it until now. The reason Monument is important is that it is that this is middle America and a prime example of where the FDA has misled public policy officials he maintains. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. That was something in the news in Colorado. If you guys know how that meeting turned out, let me know. Last I heard, I haven't heard any updates of Monument, Colorado. So this is just a story about the South Dakota KCPA um, from Aberdeen News. Perry, which is the legislator, Perry bill restricting Kratom sale to those 21 and older moves to full house. So that passed, signed by the governor March 3rd, so I'm day after my birthday. So I'm not going to get into that story. And then we got the story from Daily Journal Online. This is about the Missouri KCPA. This was from also from February uh, 17th. This is from Representative Dale Ray. It looks like member of the Missouri House gave strong bipartisan support this week to legislation that will ensure the substance known as Kratom can be safely purchased and used by adults in Missouri. Known as Kratom Consumer Protection Act, the bill would create a regulatory framework to protect Missourians from Kratom products that have been adulterated or contaminated with dangerous substances. The bill would also prevent substance being sold to those under 18, Kratom is often marketed as an energy booster, pain reliever, and even as an antidote for opioid withdrawal. Kratom is legal in Missouri and currently not addressed in Missouri law. Kratom Consumer Protection Act would ensure Kratom products are labeled accurately and would prohibit dealers from selling Kratom products that are contaminated with dangerous non-Kratom substances. The bill also states that dealers will not sell Kratom products to anybody under the age 18. The bill now moves to Senate. So that's the latest. That still hasn't passed, but it is in the Senate right now. That does it for Kratom News and Current Events. I got all caught up. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We're going to wrap up the show in just a second. Be right back.
This week on the show, a very special guest, Melody Wolf from Michigan. Melody is a Kratom activist, advocate, and proud Kratom consumer. I see Melody everywhere on social media, standing up for Kratom and fighting back against the misinformation and anti-Kratom propaganda. She always comes prepared with facts and is ready to push back and stand up for what we all know is right. Things I didn't know about Melody is that she is a retired librarian. She is in her 50s, has three adult children in their 20s, and has been married for 32 years. She's very active, biking or walking several miles a day. She takes no medications, goes camping, and has recently even been rock climbing. Melody says, that she has been successfully consuming Kratom for the past six years and that her life prior to consuming Kratom was completely different. Kratom relieves about 75% of her pain from fibromyalgia, arthritis, spinal stenosis, a frayed meniscus, shoulder tendonitis, and sciatica. She was prescribed 11 different medications, including Dilaudin and fentanyl. She rarely left her house, was bedridden, could only get around using a wheelchair or walker. She says that she missed out on all the activities that her kids had at school and couldn't even go see her mom after her mom goes put in a nursing home for three years. She contributes Kratom along with an active lifestyle to helping her regain control over her own life. Melody, welcome to the show. Thank you, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's really great to connect. It's pretty interesting, a lot of my I have my my regular audience and followers, but a lot of my audience I'm finding are around your age, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, when when those aches and pains start to hit and looking for a healthier alternative. So I really think there's going to be a lot of people that get a lot out of this conversation. Question I always like to start with is what got you into Kratom? I mean, I know I I went into a little bit there in your intro, but maybe you you could elaborate a little bit. I was desperate for pain relief and I would search as much as I could on the internet, but the pain was so hard. I could barely concentrate. So I would find something. And then if it looked, it might be something I would hand it off to some friends and they would research it further for me because I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't comprehend what I was reading because I was in so much pain. Wow. And so my friends researched it and they said, well, give it a go. And my doctor, he said that because, you know, it wasn't FDA approved, that he could not recommend it, but he had heard good things about it. So he said, give it a whirl. Nice. I stumbled upon it. It was, yeah, I had to stumble upon it though. So were you, now I I do play a medical disclaimer that, you know, neither of us are medical professionals. This is medical advice. This is really um, yours and myself experience with Kratom, but were you taking Kratom along with your other medications and you kind of tapered down as you tapered Kratom up or how did that work? Well, the last medication that I came off of before I started it was a pain medication and I substituted it in for one of my doses and went, I feel pretty good. So just within two days, I was off of all my pain meds too. Oh, wow. That is a, a super fast transition. I mean, mm-hmm. Myself, I I transitioned from buprenorphine to Kratom and that took a while. I mean, I guess the taper down took the most time off of buprenorphine. And then, uh, yeah, it was just a jump once I got down to a, to a certain amount. So when you were actually able to start doing the research, 
what was your first initial reaction? I know you said you had some other people researching it because you really weren't up for it, but there's so much misinformation out there. You know, were, were you scared about trying it or, you know, what do you find? I was not scared about trying it. I, you know, we've heard about um, the president saying, what do you have to lose? That's how I felt. What do I have to lose by trying it? I'm, I have nothing to lose. So I was not afraid at all. I was just so desperate for anything to work. So you were able to kind of sift through some of the, the misinformation and propaganda mm-hmm. to get to get to the truth. And and by that point you were taking it. So you were able to know by your own experience. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you always join Facebook groups and you lurk around in the background for a while. And I did that in some of the groups. Yeah. Well, you're definitely not working anymore. You're you're becoming a prominent figure uh, wow. in the in the activist uh, advocate circles. I mean, I I said in your intro, but I do see you everywhere. We we can we can get into it. Like, are you going on Facebook or Twitter and you're searching kratom, and then you're just uh, you're going to every conversation that's started and, and jumping mm-hmm. in, or what's what's your method? I put in. Um, in the search bar, Kratom, Kratom Ordinance, Kratom Addictive, Kratom Dangerous. And then I click on the most recent. I think Twitter and Facebook both do it about the same way. And then mm-hmm. I jump in on the conversations. Yeah. And jump right in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see you talking to, uh, to some big uh, opponents uh, yes. of, of Kratom on Twitter. You seem to... It, what, what's your advice for anyone that's trying to jump in? Because you, you seem to have a way of sticking to facts, uh, not really fighting on feelings or letting ad hominems get to you. Is there, is there a method to any of this? I, mm-hmm. I, I recently saw that you have like something like 300 or 400 files on your computer that, that you use to drop facts. Like, let's well, get into I, it. I keep my clipboards, one for Twitter. And one for Facebook, because with Twitter, you can't use as many characters. Right. So I go get a quote from all my scientific articles, the ones I think are the best ones. And I save them. And so when I see something going on, I can just go grab them and copy and paste, copy and paste. So actually, I've been told I have a copy and paste PhD. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what about all the... uh... The, the files and articles, how, how do you keep those organized? And I was thinking about it before we, before we got on, maybe we could put those all in a Dropbox or something so other mm-hmm. people can a- access them. Do you have it right now where other people can access it? I don't. I have, I have the um, file that the American Cream Association had from 2017. Mm-hmm. They had a couple hundred on there, and then I've just been adding my own. Um, yeah, maybe we can talk afterwards so uh, we can start pointing people to, I mean, the AK is a great spot, but I think you have more, uh, compiled maybe at this point. Maybe I haven't really counted them recently. So, but you asked me how I jump in the conversations. You have to know the science, mm. you know, I listened to Dr. McCurdy, his, um, lectures, at least once a week, I listen to the same lecture that he gives. And each week I think, oh, now that makes sense. All the podcasts you can find. So if you're doing something else, you can listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. I was just recently listening to, is a video by Dr. McCurdy. I I have seen like his his one 
really good presentation that Kratom Science has posted on their YouTube. But I thought it was super interesting. He started getting into the the mu opioid receptor, but also the kappa opioid mm-hmm. receptor. Because he said the mu will cause euphoria, but the kappa will cause dysphoria. I got like a, a multiple question here. Okay. Um, do you take Kratom to get high? And it seems like you were you were prescribed some really powerful medication that would get you really, really high. Yes. So so why stop those medications if Kratom is such a good substitute? Well, with the medications we were talking before the show, um, I, I had two choices. I could either cry because it was in so much pain to where my kids would have to put fans in their room so they could sleep at night because they would hear me crying. Or to get myself out of pain to where I become comfortable, I couldn't function. Right. And I would fall and it just I, I just could not function. So those were my two choices. And so overall, it's pretty terrible. So, mm-hmm. so from my understanding, what, what I'm hearing from you is that Kratom has enabled you to dish those medications and mm-hmm. to have a fully functional life. Right. Right. The cream, the only way it affects me is it controls my pain. You know, it's not a cure-all. It doesn't control all of it, but neither were my medications. So I can do stuff with my family. We have a nature preserve near us, and my husband and I bike to the nature preserve. Mm-hmm. And then about two times a year, we'll do the whole thing, and we'll do a 20-mile bike ride. Oh, nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Are you doing anything special with, with your diet or anything to, to help manage pain or anything like that? Um, Kratom allowed me to exercise so I could lose some weight. And mm. now I'm I'm doing more like a paleo diet. And okay. just yeah. lose that extra, the, the weight that the exercise didn't take off. Right. Yeah, we're doing uh, something similar, paleo or keto, basically meat fruit, veg, nuts, seeds, try to cut yeah. out all, all sugar, which is so difficult. I am convinced that any other circumstance, the government would put sugar in schedule one. Yes. It's got, it's got <laughs> I, I understand that it hits the same receptors as cocaine does. Right. Yeah. It, it hits the same receptors, causes euphoria. It's highly addictive, has no medical purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for some reason, we completely just allow that like it's it i don't think it should be illegal but that we just give it a pass it's Mm -hmm. like i i noticed um i got married in september so i really started looking at losing weight like and getting in shape prior to that Mm -hmm. and i couldn't believe how much better i felt when i just cut out the sugar Mm -hmm. it it really sucks for a couple of weeks, a week, a couple of weeks. But once I got through that first initial bit, and I still have some here and there, I, I think I'm addicted to ice cream. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, it helps so much. I, I, I couldn't believe how much, how much it helps, how much it cuts down inflammation. See, and that's what I tell people when they say that kratom is addictive or you can become dependent on it. They say, if you go to a keto diet, a low-carb diet overnight, you're going to suffer withdrawals. Right. And the um, keto groups, they actually call it the keto flu because it's so bad. Yeah. So just because you can, but we need carbs, you know, just because you can become dependent on something doesn't make it a bad thing. 
It just means that you have to do things in moderation. Yeah, it's kind of moderations, taking breaks, and uh, I think it's uh, it's really knowing knowing your body. And mm-hmm. um, I, I do tell people when they're first starting out kratom, um, it is it is related to the coffee coffee plant coffee family. It does hit on the mu opioid receptor as a biased uh, partial agonist. So you know if if you did a bunch of caffeine every single day, multiple shots a day, and then just cut it off, it's not going to be fun. You're, right. you're, you're going to be tired. You're going to be lethargic. You're, you're not going to be that motivated. And Mac, when I talked to him before, he, he broke it down. He was like, there is a big difference between physical dependence and addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, so you can have something that's got physical dependence and you're, you're not like it. And the way I classify it is there's no like drug-seeking behavior that I've seen. Right from Kratom. I have heard stories down south, like Michigan and uh, I mean, um, Mississippi and Alabama, Arkansas, where they where they're really trying hard to ban it, where people are like pawning their TVs for Kratom. And I'm just like, there's first we, we have zero proof that that's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea what it is. It, it could be anything that they're taking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask that you don't know what I was thinking, well, what's in that kratom that would make somebody want it that badly? Yeah, especially if it's if it's altered, and then it can also be altered by seven hydroxy. You know, just a mm-hmm. really con- concentrated form of that, which has been shown to have some addictive properties. You could take your kratom and stay quiet, do nothing, stay on the sidelines, and. Uh, you would probably be fine, you know. It, even if it get, even if it's made illegal, you'd have a harder time getting it, and it wouldn't. You wouldn't know if it was tested. You wouldn't know if it's pure. But you could probably figure that out, not get in mm-hmm. trouble. So why why are you such a loud voice in the kratom community? There's Mike. I have three children, and I started to get the really bad pain symptoms when they were in elementary school, and I lost all of elementary school for them and some of their middle school and high school, there is nothing I can do to get that back. But maybe I can help another mom be Mm -hmm. able to have her kids, you know, be active in her kids' lives. So I can't, and I I also think that, I think my kids expect it of me because they went through so much bad stuff. I feel so sorry for them. And I think that they expect it, that I would help some other kids if I could. Wow. Well, you're definitely doing the right thing now. And, you know, I always say it's never too late. So it's, uh, I think that's really what it's all about is helping others. So, and I think you're doing a great job of that. So I definitely applaud you for that. I'd like to talk about the, the map that's behind you. Okay. Um, and basically the, the, the latest efforts to keep Kratom legal and what can people do that are just getting started? Okay. Um, what I did is I went and found a map of Michigan. You can get them at Myers or Walmart for about ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably I don't know four by two, something like that. Maybe they're different dimensions for different states. But the green pins I use, I put where we have really strong advocates, and right now where the district captains are at. And then any I do like a threat assessment. Um, I have a red pin in Battle Creek because that's where Senator Bison lives. And he is the 
state senator that wants to make it a schedule two. And he is stuck on that. I went with four or five other people to talk with him. He said maybe he could budge that it would he would be okay with it being sold behind the counter like Sudafed. Maybe I, I was going to say, is that the is that the the state rep that that said they they want it to be sold with the prescription? Right, Senator Bison. Yes, that's so crazy. No doctor is going to be prescribed. Like Massachusetts, I have a medical marijuana card, and they can't prescribe uh, cannabis. They can only mm-hmm. recommend. It's it's a recommendation, and like, what do you have, Doctor McCurdy and? Um, uh jack henningfield that that like that actually know about kratom like there's going to be no other doctor that's going to be recommending or prescribing kratom right get get, try and get a doctor to recommend something the fda says is dangerous right because if they recommended it and then the person didn't have pure kratom and something happened there goes that doctor's license the dea is not afraid to take away a license of a doctor yeah i i would definitely see them kind of doing that first and asking questions later. Mm-hmm, they do. I'm trying to get my board here. I don't know if you should bring it back to this post or not. But Yeah, that, that's that's fine. <laughs> I don't know if you can see, see the pins in it or not. Yeah, I, 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 can see, I, I can see the different colors. Yeah, I just use matte pins. And the yellow ones, I put, if there's a a, a paper, a local county paper that has a negative take on Kratom, and it's not the normal FDA talk, mm-hmm. then that makes me think that somebody is looking to get rid of it in that county. Smart. So I will so I will put a yellow pin there. I normally don't put up pins just for the standard FDA re- release. But mm-hmm. if somebody does a personal story on it, I put a pin there. And then if I'm seeing all these yellow and red pins and I don't see any green pins, that tells me that I have to find somebody in that area to get active. So and then I'll to, go, and what, sorry, I mean to cut you off, but what do you mean by active? That is willing to go to board meetings, that is willing to call the newspaper that wrote the story and mm-hmm. said, I'd like to talk with you, can we meet? You know, that's really willing to advocate. And sometimes how I've done that is I go to Facebook and I'll find a creative group. I'll put Michigan in the search bar of that group, of that group. And then it brings up people that have made posts from Michigan. And then I'll contact them, talk with them to see what their advocacy is and if they would be willing to help. So I actually troll for advocates. (laughs) I know I was talking about this with you and Cammie and maybe it was Denise from New Hampshire. But it gets tough. It gets really tough because there's so like they were doing a piece in the Wool Sun. I had a journalist contact me. And he saw that I was from Massachusetts, and he's like, I, "We're doing. I really want to do this piece on kratom." He was all for it and like understood the science. I think he consumed it himself. But he's like, in order for me to put it out, I need somebody in this district. And mm-hmm. the little Sun, I think it's like twenty different towns around. And I put the call out on Twitter. I was texting all of my group and people said they would they would do it but under anonymous they 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 did they didn't want to be named and basically what i'm what i'm hearing from a bunch of people 
is that they're they're scared that their family thinks that they're they're not they're not consuming anything so they're afraid that family's going to think it's um that they're addicted to some type of street drug that they're taking or they could lose their job or uh, lose a relationship so um that's like the main pushback i'm getting so it's it's been tough to get you know we he, I, I think you and i are on the same page with this that we would think that so many people would stand up and like just raise their hand and say yes count me in are you seeing the same thing or what has your experience been I see it's the same 50 people that are willing to help. Mm -hmm. Whenever I put out a post or something, the same people make comments. You know, I'm there to help. You know, I am. It's the same 50. And I, I posted uh, just yesterday. I said in 2016, we had 150,000 signatures to the petition. And just this past month, we had 13,000 for the presidential letter that Max sent. Yeah, we got uh, estimated 10 to 15 million creative consumers in the U.S. Where, where's everybody at? Yeah. And I put out posts saying, what are your obstacles to advocating? Tell me and I'll help you. I will walk you through anything that you need. And crickets. <laughs> I did see that video that you put out. I thought that was great. Let's let's get into some of that about the advice that you put in the video or maybe anything that you thought of after, like, oh, I, I should have added that. Uh, I like the idea that make a video and if you're not comfortable on camera, you can you can just uh, put a put a photo of yourself up and basically, um, you know, it's kind of just like a, a PowerPoint pretty much where you're talking. Mm -hmm. you, you can record your voice right on your phone and it's really easy to piece together. And if anybody doesn't know how to do that, they can get in touch with either one of us and we can walk them through it. But yeah, let's talk about that information. It's really interesting that a lot of new people find my podcast that are just getting into Kratom. So basically what the, the advice that you have in the video or anything that you can think of if, if people want to get involved. The first thing you have to do is read, read, and then read some more, all the scientific information. Mm -hmm. Because if you get questions about it, you have to at least be able to answer it somewhat and the more information that you have the more comfortable you'll feel with advocating you'll be more confident in yourself right so i would really recommend like i said listening to podcasts you know if you're busy doing something then listen to a podcast yeah that's great advice yeah and then um just i read the same articles over and over again because they're scientific and i don't have a background in any science Mm -hmm. So I will pick something up like the 10th time around that I read it. I'll pick something else up additionally, right. but you have to feel confident in your information. And then after that, now do you mean about as far as talking to congressmen or just advocating? Um, any, or just, uh, you know, someone is, they started consuming Kratom and they, they really enjoy it. They, they see all this, all this stuff happening with potential bans. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, you can get into kind of this, some, some of the stuff that you said about making the videos are about like, okay, you made the video, where do you send them? Or, you know, they, they don't even know where to start. You know, they know they want to get involved, but really are kind of lost. Mm -hmm. Well, they need to write their story out too. And then find somebody in the community that will go over their story with them. Because 
there are certain things that, you know, you, you should be able to say them, but you know that somebody might take it the wrong way, mm-hmm. you know, if you say something. So have a couple of people go over your story with you and then save it into a file that you can send on Facebook and Twitter that you can email. The videos, um, the AKA is collecting them. Mm-hmm. AKA is collecting them. And sometimes I've used videos that I've done in general pain groups where you have some people might not like it, but they're willing to let you, they're willing for new information. I personally like the idea of the best of a PowerPoint because you can get pictures of all your activities. You can get pictures of you with your family. Mm-hmm. And doing a video, you can explain it, but if people can actually see those pictures, um, like I, I say, I don't have pictures of me with my kids when they were growing up. There aren't any. There just aren't any. So that's why I always like to put pictures up of every last thing that we do. <laughs> now, something that I deal with, and I'm sure everybody deals with it, mm-hmm. is when somebody says something online, like that Kratom is 13 times more powerful than morphine. It can cause you to overdose. All this stuff that we know is patently false, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like the my stress and cortisone levels raise and then I'm just like I want to like scream at them and like I'm just like oh I can't even get my point across right now because you're pissing me off so much and like you know these lies are going to hurt somebody you know it seems like you do something great that you have your clipboards and you have it prepared is there anything else you do to kind of keep your cool during these these uh, online conversations once you put the scientific up information up there Sometimes you just have to walk away from the conversation. Yeah. And I can pretty much tell when that is. You see the science is here and then you just have to walk away from, from the conversation. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. I guess uh, presenting the science and then kind of knowing when they're not going to back down, you're wasting your time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you could be sharing it with somebody in a a pain group that is looking for help Mm -hmm. there are some people you just know you're never going to change their mind right just put the science there you know and then i say if you have any additional objections or concerns let me know and i'll try and pull additional science for you Mm -hmm. and the time you walk away for sure is when somebody says i don't care about the science (laughs) you know that's a big hint to walk away yeah which is always so, it's just so crazy to me. That's like, I don't care about the science and I don't care about you or your health. I'd rather see police use violence against you because I don't like this plant that I don't even know about. It, it, mm-hmm. it makes no sense to me. You can also pivot to the issue of medical freedom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll get that. Think, well, even if you don't like it, I should still be able to talk with my doctor and decide if this is something for me might not be for you but it is for me sometimes if you pivot to the medical freedom issue sometimes they get that yeah yeah some some might get it um Mm -hmm. 
So it seems like once you kind of understand the science or the best you can, because we're not scientists or doctors, did mention that you will do a phone call to a newspaper. Do I think I already know the answer is both, but do you think one is more important to actually reach out to the journalists themselves or to say something in the comment section or, or, or both? Or what do you think? I do both. I make it in the comment section and then I have actually, um, well, on Facebook, I do this a lot. I will message them via messenger and talk with them because then I can give them all of the scientific information. Right. And I always offer a call, you know, I'm happy to give you more. Did you, if you have any questions and if it, I tell them if I can't find the answer, I will connect you with somebody who can. Mm. And the thing is, Local advocacy is so important because so many times the reporter says to me, where do you live? Well, I live four states away. They want to talk to somebody that lives there. Right. That is what they want. They're not going to do a story with me if I live four states away. But if you can call your local paper an article that they run, you have a fair chance of getting them to do a follow-up. If you can call them and then find somebody else in the area, right? Yeah. If you call people, say, I live here and be, and Kratom allows me to do this and this in the community. Um, my husband and I, we do Star Wars trooping. I don't know what that is. I don't um, know. Tell me. <laughs> you have stage quality and set quality costumes. So it goes through a rigorous thing to be approved for it for the costume. and then. They go to children's hospitals. Uh, we do lots of that. They will go to children's expos, make a wish foundation drives. And that's what the one in our area specifically does. They, wait, they raise money for Make-A-Wish. And so I will tell somebody, Kratom allows me to help other people. If I didn't have Kratom, I would be needing to have other people help me. But instead... We can go put a smile on some kid's face in the hospital. But that's something that the reporter might be interested in if you're local. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And I think that's all, I, you know, like, like I mentioned before, I think that's what it's really all about mm -hmm. is giving back. And the more we can do that, I think the, the better off we are. And I don't know if it's karma or what, but it seems like for me, at least, I keep doing the right thing, that good things keep happening. What I mentioned to my congressman is when I send an email, if, they, if I haven't met with them personally yet, say, I am one of your constituents. That will catch their eye. If you don't say that, they may or they may not read your email. But right. Congressman Bramble said, put that the very first sentence, I am one of your constituents. Smart. You have a lot better chance to get them to read the whole email. Mm -hmm. And then I always try and explain it regarding money because I have Kratom. My husband and I, well, before coronavirus, <laughs> we'll go out to dinner once a week. We'll go to festivals, you know, and tell them all the ways that I'm spending money in the community. Because I just, yeah, I just think that, you know, congressmen, sometimes it is dollar signs. So I'm spending money in the community instead of and healthcare. Yeah, I I like all that. That's uh, that's great. I'm already getting a lot from you. So what about somebody that is just starting off Kratom or thinking about starting Kratom? 
So we covered what some of your advice would be for new advocates or activists. And that you, you said that, you know, really learn the science, but I think it's really hard because people, you know, they, I tell them about Kratom and it all sounds really good coming from my mouth, but then they go and Google it and they come up with all this shit that is just not true at all. So what do you think you would tell somebody who's just starting off? Well, I offer to let them talk to any of my family members. Say anybody in my family is willing to talk with you and say, like what they will tell you that their only regret is that I didn't find it sooner. When I'm on Facebook, I have, I did a screenshot of the post that my husband made in 2016. Basically he said, her pain deprived me of a wife and my children of a mother. And then he explained some things that happened, you know, and things that, how things are different now. And I think that if you can have, if you can offer to somebody to let them speak with your family, that that might help. Because I have had somebody say, can your husband talk with my husband? And I think that gives it a lot of credibility when you go to talk to congressmen. Because my husband might take it two or three times a year. Mm -hmm. when we go star wars trooping <laughs> but, but other than that he really doesn't take it you know and he just tells him his background and like his first beer was when he was 30 years old <laughs> so he says i'm he, he is really conservative yeah and so he just explains that how he is all for it and his only regret is that i didn't find it sooner wow the latest efforts because you started talking about district captains and mm -hmm. people that are like I just found out I think it was from you or Cami found out about district captains and then I volunteered for uh, Massachusetts district five I think I'm in so maybe you could get into a little bit about what you're if you are are you holding a position at the AKA are you just are, are you one of the district captains what is a district captain and some of the latest efforts to keep freedom legal well, it is, the AKA has just started their new um, Kratom Consumer Advisory Council. And okay. they have a state page. Well, they have a state group. for Each state has their own group. And it's for, it says it's a council, but it's for anybody. It's for all of us. Now, I am a district captain. And what we did two years ago for 2018 was we got people together and we went to see the congressman in a group. I, as I understand it, if one person goes by themselves, yeah, they, they think that their constituent is important. But if you can fill up a room with people, then it makes them really take some notice. So is that something that you organize ahead of time? You tell them you're coming with a group or how does that yes. work? Mm -hmm. yeah. You tell them that you're coming with, with a group because you really want to be able to talk to the congressman. Mm -hmm. And so you usually have to set up a time. Yeah, it makes sense. Another way that I've talked with congressmen is that they will have meetings around their area. Some people call it a coffee meeting. Some people, they just have oh, different yeah. names for congressmen. But they do that. And it's not specifically for freedom. They just want to hear what their constituents want. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did back in February to talk to Senator Bison. I don't know what the AK is planning because I'm not part of the AK, but I am a district captain. 
Right now, they're just trying to get captains for every district. In Michigan, we need three more for the east side of the state. And that's even with me taking two um, districts on my own and with the chair of the state taking two districts on her own. We still need chairs. I mean, we still need district captains. I think it's smart what they're doing. Um, It does kind of make it... If they are going to be going for the federal KCPA, mm-hmm. the the Creating Consumer Protection Act, and this is all for setup for that, I think it's smart. But what I was thinking about is like in these states that there's no action at all, and we could even have pro kratom congressmen or senators. That like, why are we bringing this up? That we shouldn't, because then they're like, oh, does it need to be regulated? Is it bad? Like, what is it? And then they start looking into it. But I think it's really smart because. So many times, you know, we have these people online that they're in the groups, they say they're going to speak up, and then they don't show up to the public hearings. They, they don't reach out to the congressman or senator in their, in their area. So getting these people on record to say, yes, if it comes to my area, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to reach out to my representative. You really have to, I don't think it's an issue of, are they going to, look at it and say, yes, it does need to be regulated. Somebody is going to talk to your congressman about it. Senator Bison, two people from the UP called him and said that their son died because of Kratom. So wouldn't you rather have it be you than them get a call from somebody else? Yeah, kind of getting ahead of the curve. It, It just seems that the first thing that you hear about something that you don't have any information is what sticks with you the most. And I, they, they actually have a term for that, but I can't remember right now. But um, the first thing that you're told is what you tend to believe. So I want, we need to have the congressman hear it from us first, rather than somebody who calls up and gives them only half of the information right. from the FDA. What do you think the most recent efforts are, are where we need to really pay attention? Or like, what's the biggest thing that's happening right now? Um, as far as the states, Mississippi. And yeah, definitely. What's happening in Mississippi can happen in any one state. People need to find out um, where and when their city and county meetings are, when the agendas come out, and if they can't make them to the meetings, which many people can't, find out when the minutes come out. So many of the local bands that we have had, people come out and start saying, oh, they pulled a fast one on us. So I go back and for two months, they've been talking about it at the meetings. They didn't pull a fast one, just they had it for two meetings and then they took a vote and nobody was there. So how do you think they go about, cause like I have a, you know, I have a, the Google alert and I think it's a Legiscan uh, mm-hmm. dot com, but you can really, they only allow you to follow one state and I don't even know if you can get into the county level. So what do you, what, how do people keep track of this? Cause yeah, that, it does look like they pulled a fast one. And then, like you said, you go back in and they've been talking about it for weeks. Mm-hmm. You have to, you can put in, um, your state city, then just type in, I'll, I'll use Kalamazoo as a, um, example, I put Kalamazoo Kratom Ordinance. Okay. And there I put, um, and well, most places, um, once you get to the 
local website that they have, they often have a search bar okay. inside their, and you can just put creative in, in that search bar. But in sometimes it's just you have to use multiple words, council minutes, council agenda, you know, and the the fewer words you use in a search bar, the better. Right. Yeah. You use a whole sentence, you get a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't even apply to what you're looking for. So, you know, Kel- Kalamazoo Kratom Ordinance, Kalamazoo Kratom Council, Kalamazoo Kratom Agenda. I'm trying to get it that way. Yeah, or Kratom Ban. Yeah. Usually, uh, usually it's the word ordinance, though. Okay, ordinance. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but it comes up more. But people aren't doing it in their <clears throat> own backyard, and that needs to happen. So would that be your advice is, you know, just keep going on your, your city or your count or your, uh, your county website and keep looking at it weekly or, or what? Yes, exactly. Check the agendas. Um, I found out about a possible local ban by reading the draft of the minutes before <laughs> some cities put out a draft of their minutes and I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the minutes because they had mentioned about Kratom earlier. And so I was able to find the draft and they mentioned Kratom. And it's about 45 minutes from where I live. And is that in your um, your county website or, or your city or town website? Where, where, did, where did you find that? Um, I type in Michigan Kratom Ordinance. Just in Google or a search engine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or I put um, Michigan Kratom, Michigan Kratom agenda, and get all sorts of stuff. And sometimes it does take hours. You just have to be willing to sit there and sift through everything. But this township is only forty-five minutes from me. Wow. And then they were going to talk about it, but the coronavirus happened. Yeah. So, so and that, I've got a mean- red pen. <laughs> I have a red pen in that covert township. I have a red pen there. So when you have a red pin like that, are you going in weekly to keep searching that? Or um, how, how, how does it work once you know that the, the area is red? I go in often daily. Often daily. For, for a red pin, I'll go in daily. Yeah, it means that they're going to pick it up again once everything mm-hmm. reopens. Right. Right. So I know that it might come up again in the middle of May. So I have to be, I have to find out Covert Township agenda for their very first meeting in May to see if Kratom is on it. Wow, it's a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. And you it's think. Tedious. It's tedious. Yeah. You have to do it. There's no easy way around it. I agree. And uh, I think I have to even be better um, about keeping an eye on my own backyard. Um, and maybe that would be with the AKA, if we can get a lot more of these district captains, that can be part of the work for the captains is to do these searches either daily or weekly. Because um, like you said, you have a clipboard. So once you have the clipboard all set up, you can have your searches saved in there. Just search just like that, town, county, state. My next project is when I can get a county map. When some places start to open, I should be able to get, get a county map. Is doing the same thing here on a county map, so I can show each um, 
district captain and then find a person in each county. Smart. Yeah, I'm hoping more people will get active because this mm -hmm. is a lot of work. And I truly believe, and I'm sure you do too, that an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. Right. In Ohio, I've gone, as a Michigander, it was a sacrifice to go down to Buckeye State, but I've been to their um, events. And I went in August before the Board of Pharmacy in Ohio. And uh, they just had a meeting with, um, a couple months ago, with the chairman of the committee where the Consumer Protection Act is at. Mm -hmm. And with the sponsor of the Kratom Consumer Protection Act. So I went down there a couple months ago. But because if Ohio falls, it's going to give Senator Bison more political cover to push for Kratom being scheduled too. Because it's banned in Indiana. So it's Indiana and then Ohio falls. <clears throat> He's going to have more political cover to do that. Uh, yeah, we're hoping that's definitely not going to happen. But I just don't, I just don't see how anybody can look at the facts and the science behind it and see that it's not kratom killing people. It's it's always underlining health or my understanding. It's always underlining health conditions or mm -hmm. other, other drugs or alcohol somehow involved. I don't think that a lot of the congressmen know what the FDA is willing to do. When I talked to my congressman, um, I talked to Congressman Upton, and he had his congressional, he had his legislative aide coming from DC. And I talked with him and he said, you know, anything that helps the opioid crisis, we are there 100% for you. So if Kratom helps it, of course we will support keeping it legal. And then the very next sentence was, we just really have to follow the advice of the FDA. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's unreal. And he was really surprised when I told him one of the kratom deaths was, was a gunshot wound to the chest. He thought I was joking. Yeah, and then they still want to trust the FDA. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the to me, the FDA and CDC are so entwined with this revolving door regulations they are essentially big pharma they're, yes they're it's all crony capitalism and i don't get how anybody can believe them and then we're always supposed to turn to them for to see what's right and we mm -hmm. should we should all sit down with our with our hands crossed it, it just makes no sense ah. What do you think would happen, and what would you do if Kratom was banned? I've thought about that, and I have tried medical marijuana, but it just doesn't help me. I keep trying to find plan B, and the only thing I've come up with so far is Occumus seed powder. What's that? It's, I think it's in South Africa. It has one of the same pain relieving alkaloids as kratom. Yeah, I, th I think I've, I've I've heard somebody mention that from an African plant. I don't know much about it. Besides that, I won't. I'll be back to being bedridden again. I don't have many options. I know. I don't have many options. They're not going to be prescribing opiates now to anybody. You know, they yeah. took. A 
they cut down the chronic pain patients' doses down to, however it's measured, to 90, to 90 equivalent. And they're just taking that away because they want to feel like they're doing something. And so they'd rather do something bad, it seems like, than nothing, because chronic pain patients are suffering right now. They can get their medications. The pendulum has swung all the way over to the other side now. Yeah, which is so twisted because when you actually, it's kind of like Kratom that the numbers are severely skewed because when you look at the deaths, the are the overdoses, the vast majority of them are not coming from people from chronic pain patients that have a legitimate reason to have these medications, but mm-hmm. from illicit street drugs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I don't know what I would do if it was banned. Hopefully it doesn't get to that and we we keep we keep fighting, we get more people involved. One of my last questions is what does Kratom mean to you? It means having a family to me. It was pretty dismal here for those years when I was bedridden with three little kids. Um, it means that I get to create memories with my kids that we didn't have before. Because I don't have any pictures of me with them growing up. There, there aren't any. So it means being able to connect with them and to go to their activities, um, just to create memories with them. So it means having a family to me. Another thing that it means to me is my daughter. Fibromyalgia tends to run in families. And I want Kratom to be there for her if she gets a painful disease like this. I don't want her to miss out on things. I want Kratom to be there for her if she ever needs it. Yeah, and we should all be able to access these plants. You know, to to say it's a to put in schedule at all makes no sense. It's a natural plant, and you know, I was much for the the free market regulation. And if there's bad actors, the market will push them out. In 2016, when I was getting ready to go to D.C. for the rally, I remember my son said to me, Mom, I'm so proud of you. And that meant a lot to me because I did not give them reasons to be proud of me before that. You know, when I was in so much pain. So to have them say, Mom, I'm so proud of you meant the world to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay, I would probably be able to talk to you forever about Kratom. Um, is there anything else that you want to plug or promote or any last words, anything like that? It all comes down to advocacy. And the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, if you don't have one in your state, it can start with you. Because in Oklahoma, it was Adam Hall. He, he lobbied the congressman about it. And it passed out of the House unanimously. I think it would have passed the Senate the same way, but then we had the coronavirus happen. So getting the Creative Consumer Protection Act can begin with anybody. Definitely. Um, well, I am proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for all your work. And I know if anyone is looking for any information, you are very easily found. Please reach out I don't, I don't want to give out your, your information, but I do want to say like you, you're very open. So I do want to say if, if people want to reach out to you, they, sh- they should feel free yes. uh, on social media and same right. with me, um, get in touch. 
And uh, Melody, I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right. Thanks, Melody. Bye. Bye. And that about does it for us today on the Kratom Guys show. Thank you so much. Big thank you to Candied Orange Flavored Kratom. It's been great having them as a sponsor. Seriously, guys, it's what I found to be a really great company. And if they are not currently selling Candied at a local retailer that especially has Kratom, tell them that you want Candied Orange Flavored Kratom. Big thanks to you guys, the listener. Thank you so much, especially if you made it this far in the show. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and especially everybody that's been purchasing Kratom from Mass Herbal. Again, feel free to call or text 617-917-5242, 617-917-5242. And I would love to talk Kratom with you. Can't always reply immediately or pick up the phone, but I will reply. I will get back to you. And again, you don't have to you don't have to purchase Kratom from us. It's all it's all good. I'm happy to talk with you. Catch us on YouTube, the Kratom Guy Show. I will be adding much more content on there when we are able to shut down the store, which will hopefully be in the next couple weeks. Twitter is at Kratom Guy Show, really Mike O. The Instagram is still canceled. You can catch me on really Mike O. Patreon, if you want to support our work, we've got multiple levels there. And big thank you to all the Patreon supporters. Thank you guys so much, our two Patreon supporters. But that is going to go a long way. I haven't touched that money or the money from the advertisements, the sponsorship for the anchor app so i believe we have enough to start a massherbalmedia.com or massherbal.media to put up a lot of our work and kind of skirt the censorship hopefully so that just about does it for this week's show till next time folks together we'll keep creative legal safe and available for all peace